Hello, and welcome to the Development Debrief with Katherine Van Zippel, the stories-based podcast that interviews professionals, donors, and thought leaders in the field of fundraising. Welcome to part four of Returning to a Sense of Place miniseries. In part four, we hear more from Kareem Kafre and Kelly Morris. They'll share some stories about donor work that's been successful in person and remotely, as well as what it's been like to recruit and onboard remotely. The challenges that remain, but some of them are amplified through remote work. Plans continue to change as we look into the fall, but I am hoping this episode encourages you to stay positive during a time where so much is unknown. People in our industry are having success both in person and remote, and the trick is to find out what works best for you in either scenario for whatever goal you are trying to accomplish. If you need help, if you're frustrated, you can reach out to me and the Development Debrief community. We're here to support you through this time as we know the fall will continue to be a challenge. At the same time, if you're having successes, share that as well, because we wanna share the good news of how people are figuring out best practices and what's working well for them. Now let's get started. This episode is sponsored by BWF. BWF is a full service philanthropic consulting services firm. BWF serves large and medium-sized nonprofits in the areas of campaign management, high net worth fundraising, organizational consulting, data science, digital marketing, and technology. Clients include universities, health systems, arts and culture organizations, and NGOs throughout North America, Europe, Australia, and the Pacific Rim. As a truly comprehensive fundraising consulting firm, BWF has a team of consultants with expertise in every facet of philanthropy. For more information, please visit BWF.com. Hey, Kareem, great to talk to you again. Hi, Catherine. It's great to see you as well. So has anything changed with the news around the variant? What's going on at MD Anderson? You know, it, it, early on, it was, uh, we, I think we're all really optimistic, right? We kind of let off the gas pedal and here we go. And, and with the variant, we have uh, basically gone back into kind of that phase one of our safety protocols. And so we're back into, as of just end of last week, uh, protecting the moat for all of our patients, you know, no real donor travel, no real donor visits uh, back to what it was like early on, which is on frustrating on one hand and yet at the same time, completely from our view necessary. Um, so that's where we are and uh, yet different now. We all know what it feels like to work in that environment. So it's not. I was going to say, yeah, in some ways it's easier for you. You can be on kind of turn the switch on and off because you're remote, right? Exactly. That's exactly. Yep. Well, last time we had started to talk about some of your donor work and you had some exciting gifts that you had closed. And so I think the best thing we could do would be to hear from you on what you're working on with your donors and what really some more detail around what your donor work has been like. Yeah, sure. You know, it's, it's, again, when you kind of draw back to, I guess, almost 18 months now, we uh, had to utilize a lot of new muscles. (laughs) And so I think we were all learning and yet it was good that grandma and grandpa and everybody else learned what zoom was and um, you know, got on board and, and kind of wish they all bought stock in zoom um, and yet now, to your point, those tools are on our toolbox. And so uh, the donor work has been pretty exciting. I mean, things continue to go. I think the reality is, is that for a lot of our folks, 
the pandemic has, has hit them hard and we know that. And yet for a lot of our donors, our major gift donors, plan giving donors, principal gift donors, you know, the S&P and the stock market is way up, right? And so it's, it's kind of this tale of two cities, so to speak. And so because of that, um, people are still giving, the missions still matter, and uh, our conversation, our fundraising is still moved forward. So that's kind of where we are at a macro level. Specifically, what I've found is, in addition to the, you know, the Zoom and site visits, those kinds of, of things, uh, it's been a lot of the old school fundraising in some sense of getting on the phone, talking to people, uh, even written communication, right? I've, I've a gift or two that is, I've never met the donor face-to-face. -face. They didn't want to do Zoom. So you talk to them on the phone and you draft kind of the written communication with them and they review it and, you know, send it in and on down the road. Are you finding though that you're hitting a wall after a phone call, a Zoom, and it's sort of still you and you haven't been able to do a tour? No you offense know, I, to you, Kareem. Yeah, no, no. I think it's something that I hear from many, if not all of my colleagues as well, is that, uh, and I think that we've all kind of come to the resolution, the realization that that what it really is, is it depends, again, depends on where the donor is, right? It depends on where the donor is relative to their relationship with number one, the institution, and number two, you um, in your work. And so the further removed, so to speak, a, a donor might be from the institution or the, or the gift officer. Yeah, I think that's harder, right? Almost those investigation types of calls. And yet at the same time, I, I see people continuing to plow through it and make the call and, and offering the next step. And I think a lot of times it's our, our gift officer's own mindset of getting in our own way Right, of, of saying no for the donor before we even ask the donor, hey, would you be interested in this or that? So I think that's one thing. Conversely, you know, I, I'm working with a donor right now that I, that, uh, I was asked to work with following the retirement of our, our uh, VP. This is an out-of-state donor. So you know, I've inherited that and I've never met them. They didn't want to do Zoom. And so again, over the last two years, really, I have worked 100% by phone and 100% in written communications back and forth, a lot of conference calls. And we've got a proposal pending that I'm optimistic about. And so again, I think it really comes down to where the donor is relative in their relationship, not only with me, but more importantly with the institution. And then us just having the fortitude to continue to, to plow ahead. Uh, in this one donor story that I'm talking about, you know, I spent a little extra time on the stewardship, right? The stewardship reporting, re-highlighting where their impact has been over the last, uh, from their last gift and things like that. Um, so I think you just have to really customize it a little bit to each of your donors, which in fundraising, that's what we're supposed to do anyway, right? Yeah, has stewardship been one of the ways you've been able to be creative? Yeah, definitely the stewardship. And again, having an expanded toolbox, right? From uh, the Zoom, the virtual site visits, uh, we as an institution did probably like a lot of other organizations, but we've had monthly uh, making cancer history seminars and where it's invited people okay. to attend virtually. Yeah, for a 50 minute kind of a power hour. They've been well attended. Um, they've been great, not only because they're well attended, but then furthermore, they've been recorded. So it allows us to then as a gift officer, send that link to other donors that might have an interest in that topic. And again, that's one of the ways we've used the stewardship Additionally, we've done a really good job of intentionally looking at our stewardship activities over the last couple of years. So call it an audit, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. Who supported us? What did we do? Did we deliver on our promise to them? And, and you know, in, in spending a bit more time in that type of uh, stewardship, be it 
reporting written face to face or whatnot. And, and I think that we're going to see the benefits of that, um, you know, for sure, not only as, as, an, as an office, but more importantly for our donors moving forward. Have you had the chance to set your goals for this fiscal year? That's a great question. You know, it's, it's interesting as well because for us, we were midstream of changing the way we were even setting our goals down to as simple as not calling them goals, but really okay. targets. Yeah. Okay. And, and so over the last two years, we've made a pretty significant uh, pivot toward really being, you know, more portfolio based targets. So looking at who's in the portfolio, again, just like we mentioned, where are they in that donor life cycle, so to speak? Um, we've built a formula around that kind of internally uh, that looks at where is the donor, um, you know, the, the gift officer's knowledge of, in, of the donor as well as the relationship, as well as the engagement for that donor and where are they uh, relative to their relationship with the institution. And so it, it's made it a little bit more of a bottom up, if you will, forecasting model. And yet at the same time, it includes a lot of grace as we went through it last year. Um, a, it was a change, B, it was in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, and yet what we've seen is A, we still raise money and cancer still matters. In addition to that, um, to the targets, we are in an early campaign phase. And so, you know, you've got that larger macro campaign goal um, that we're early in campaign and yet we know to hit you know, the targets we're, we're trying to achieve, you know, where we need to be. And so it's kind of that bottom down top Know, top up uh, that is is really coming in between. So what's changed? It feels like I have more ownership over our targets of what we're trying to move forward. It, it feels a lot more donor driven. And yet we have this all in macro goal that we're all trying to achieve. Uh, and, and so that's been good. And yet at the same time, most importantly, I think is the culture has been around the grace to say, look, here's what's happening in the donor's lives. Here's what's happening in our own institution's life. Uh, and therefore, uh, this is where we are today. And then you go from there. Do you like that approach? I mean, it's definitely more flexible. Uh, you know, personally, I do. And yet at the same time, I think it's unsettling in a lot of ways. I know. I think it sounds yeah. a little unsettling. No, I mean, I'm no, sure. It's good, I, no, it's but... absolutely. I think most gift officers, right? We're um, pretty, here's the goal. Here's the target. Get out of my way and let me go do the work. Uh, and, and so, you know, look, it's still that. But I think it's also the flexibility is what the situation calls for. I mean, just take visits, right? right? Like we're not talking about visits anymore. We're talking about what's meaningful, where's the person, you know, what are you doing to move them forward? We want forward progress, right? We want it towards uh, a direction that the donor wants to go. And gift officer-wise, we want it to be stri strategic, thoughtful, deliberate, and intentional. And, you know, we believe that when those things kind of come together, uh, good things happen. And because we also realize that, hey, look, this is a different world we're living in right now. And oh, by the way, business is still running and operating. Um, and the institution's got to get its own strategies, you know, uh, realigned, given this kind of new pandemic environment. So you've got a lot, we all have a lot of moving parts. So do we like it? I don't know that that matters. I think it is what it is. And it's, uh, I, yet I think that we're all really rallying well um, and I think we're going to come out better because we're having to use new you know, skills and uh, you know, tools in our toolbox. Do you have any other updates for us since we last talked, either personal or MD Anderson-wise, of things that have changed? I guess a couple of weeks ago, I had my first 
post-COVID face-to-face visit. And it was Ooh. so exciting, right? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> all right, you know? And I did at the same time, it was funny because I forgot, you know, what it's like to have to get up and get dressed and quote unquote be on, right? Like, right, you know, right. uh, and so it was really refreshing to be there and look at a person eye to eye and, and give them a fist bump or an elbow bump. Um, and yet at the same time, you know, still do it in a, in a way that was safe. I mean, we, we were mm-hmm. outside, uh, yes, still Houston, Texas, but we were outside and with, we were masked and everything. And so it was, it was, it was great. It was refreshing. And yet at the same time, I walked away going, man, okay, I got to get back in the routine of, you know, it's like of workout, right? You're like, okay, what, you know, to really go and be in these it, visits. It does feel like, like a muscle. It is. Yeah, that, absolutely. That face-to-face so. interaction, the in-between, like, I don't know if you're getting copy, like standing in line. The small yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, okay, waiting, you know, and are you going to, you going to, you know, he needed an Uber ride over and we're like, okay, we're going to get an Uber and go to the, to the hospital. And, you know, do you want to take your own? So it's just, but it, you know what? He was in the same spot, right? And, and and so it was good. It was really nice, refreshing in a lot of ways. Um, and it just felt really gratifying as a gift officer to be able to have that human contact because that's what we in development do, right? I mean, we're relationship people. So that part was great. And and now here we are, you know, the variant that was right probably a week before the variant kind of exploded. Um, and now it's back to all right, well, we're back here. And yet at the same time, you know, I've um taken an extended PTO, if you will, and trying this work remote uh, in a nice cooler area for a couple days. So, hey, it's you. great, you know, so it's great. We're, we're making the most of it. And uh, so those are the two updates I've got. Well, I'm glad you at least got to see somebody in person. My friend came to New York City for a short trip and we were joking that that would probably be her first and last trip of 2021, <laughs> but who knows? Yeah, we were, even the institution, we, we, there's been a couple of events where, you know, again, we all kind of let off the pedal, gas, the brake a little bit. And so we, we, you know, started to slowly go into a couple of events and whatnot. And, and yet, uh, man, things have recoiled back pretty quickly. And, and mm-hmm. so, you know, back to the drawing board, put things on pause, move it, you know, move the date or pivot to virtual. And even in things like Association of Fundraising Professionals here in the Houston chapter, I mean, we're seeing it everywhere. I mean, it's in all of our plans. There's a plan A, this is our hope and aspiration, and there's a plan B. And then guess what? If we got to figure out plan C and D, we'll, we'll do it. And, and I think that's something that I have seen a lot more agility, flexibility, and adaptability um, from everybody throughout this thing. And yeah, it's nice. It's good. I think it's healthy as well. And is your wife remote forward as well? I don't, I don't think we covered that last time. She is. She's remote forward as well. Okay. Uh, she also um, works uh, in the healthcare field. And, mm-hmm. and so it's a lot to juggle. Um, and yet it's great because we have, again, you know, like right now, we're both working, not even from our, not only are we working remotely, we're not even the same city that we live in. Uh, and yet we're trying to, <laughs> to navigate time zones and whatnot. And so it gives you that flexibility to, to be able to, yeah, we're just we're making it work, you know, and it's all in for us with the family, even down to the kids. The kids are like, okay, great. You know, and they say, oh, yay, TV time because mommy and daddy have work calls and you just kind of roll with it. Um, yeah, but it's good. Good. Well, thanks for giving us your update and uh, enjoy the rest of your time in Colorado. Thanks, Catherine. And uh, thanks for all you do. I think it's, you've got a good follower population. And, and I think a lot of people have really taken to this and it resonates with a lot of folks. So thanks for doing this. Thank you. Thanks so much.
So let's look to the future. Let's talk about what's going to happen next. Well, first of all, are you on the fiscal year, June 30th to July 1? We're on a calendar year. Okay, so you are in the middle of your fiscal year right now. Yes. How are you thinking about the new calendar year and setting goals for 2022? So this year we are on track to complete our $250 million campaign called Within Reach. We are currently in the um, planning stages of our next campaign and we're just moving forward. Do you have any concerns about 2022 in the context of where we are and how we're handling the pandemic and you know the new kind of concerns that have risen? You know, I, I think the biggest concern that I have, and this is kind of a, a COVID piece, is we are, are planning to go into this next campaign, as I just mentioned. And recruiting and onboarding during the pandemic was challenging for us. We saw that we were not able to interview people the way we normally would face-to-face -face amongst the leadership team and other team members. We weren't able to properly onboard them and connect them to the mission in ways that we normally would. We're paying the price for that now. We're paying the piper for that now because we're finding out either it wasn't a fit or, you know, for whatever reason. And that's tough. That's a tough price for an organization to pay because we all know that these are critical positions. They're big investments. And so that puts you behind a little bit. And so that has been, I think the biggest challenge has been that, and then also recruiting right now, because people, unless they're local, really don't want to move. Yeah, those are two really big things. So how did you manage onboarding of the people that you hired? Our hospital had, a, they went to online onboarding, you know, as overall for new employee orientation. And then we have an onboarding process here at the foundation. We did it over Zoom and virtually. But again, I mean, not being able to go to the hospital until recently, not being able to meet with physician leaders in person, right, and gain their trust as partners, not being able to meet colleagues and feel like you have friends at work and be a part of this ecosystem where all of us are so connected. I mean, I think that was what really um, made us successful during the pandemic was the fact that those of us who were here and not new, we were so close. Um, we are so collaborative. It was easy for us to pick up the phone and or Skype one another or Zoom or text. I don't know how you get that connection like we have as a team when you're new and you, you don't really know people. And that's similar with the donor relationship. Like you had that existing relationship to lean on. And exactly when you don't have it, it's a lot harder. Sure, hundred percent. Are you concerned about staff retention going into the new year? I think that we're all in this field always worried about staff retention. Um, you know, we have a great team. We are always discussing ways that we can um, invest in people and their growth and provide opportunities to advance and to reward high performers. 
those are always ongoing conversations that we're having. You know, we have a big campaign in front of us. Of course, we're concerned about recruiting, um, you know, the right talent and the right fit for our team. I don't know that that's any different. I just think it's more challenging because of COVID. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I shared this, you know, again with you earlier, we started a few months ago, actually, we started talking about it in March, but we implemented it in June, our um, philanthropic advisory boards uh, for our centers of excellence. And we had several of our first board meetings in June. And we talked to all of the board members after each meeting because we had them on site with the option to come either in person or by Zoom. And the feedback that we got from all of the board members were, we don't wanna meet at the hospital. We'd prefer to be off campus where we can not wear masks and socialize and really get to know each other. We, it just, you know, we're, we're ready to like be out in the world and connect and move forward. So where did you end up holding the meeting? Um, a couple of different places, but, uh, Arizona Country Club, um, where you're able to be in a large room or outside and, you know, congregate and have a glass of wine and have a conversation and be socially distanced. That's so funny. They said, we don't want either. We don't want to meet on Zoom or in the hospital. Let's go for plan C. Yes. I mean, it was, it was fascinating. I think that there was a disconnect with those who were in person versus Zoom. These were new groups getting to know each other, wanting to socialize, wanting to feel normal. And then, of course, when you go to a hospital, you know, there's masking, you're meeting our physician executives for the first time and masking, meeting each other. And I think people just wanted, as someone said to me, it a little less sterile of an environment. Do you think you'll continue doing that? Yes. And our physician leaders attend, you know, the board meetings as well. So it's just, I think it's just, it's working for us right now. We may tweak it later, but that's the feedback that we've received. It has been so great to get the background from you and get to know your perspective and where you're coming from. I really look forward to checking in with you later this summer to getting an update. Absolutely. It was such a pleasure to speak with you and to get to know you. And thank you for inviting me to um, come on. And I look forward to hearing, you know, what you're going to be doing next and next speakers and then just continuing to learn from our colleagues. I think the great thing um, about this field is that we're all open to sharing and very collaborative as a profession. And I think that that has been a saving grace during COVID to really be able to reach out to each other and say, hey, you know, what are you experiencing? Uh, what's happening? What's going on with goals? What are you seeing in terms of discovery work, major gifts? You know, what are you doing as far as immediate needs? What's working? What's not? So Again, I, you know, I'm just so honored and proud to be a part of this profession and and what we do every day. It's a privilege. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you.